I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Yo, from the first to the last of it, delivery is passionate. The whole and not the half of it, vocab and not the math of it. Projectile and blasted with accurate assassin shit. Me and Kwali close like Bethlehem and Nazareth. After this, you be pressing rewind on your master disc, shining like an asterisk for all that be gathering. Connected like a roundhouse from the townhouse to the tenements. Cause all my Brooklyn residents known as heavy regiments. Hey, welcome to the Black Outers podcast with your host Rod and Karen. That's right. Monday night, the night after the first Walking Dead. Yes, we back, America. We is back. Mm-hmm. This is the Black Guy Tips podcast. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search the Black Guy Who Tips, and uh, we will come up. Um, leave us five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. It helps the show out. Subscribe to us on iTunes. That also helps the show out. Um, we read all five star reviews on the show, regardless of content. Mm-hmm. So. Even if you don't like the show, probably the best way to be heard. Right. Other than that, we don't really care about your opinion. Because I will block you on Twitter. Okay? Mm-hmm. Come in my timeline, partying off of Darren Sproles getting hurt, you get blocked. That's that's the rule. All right? Sorry I had to do it like that. That's how it is. It's real on these Twitter streets. Right. But if you had left a five-star review talking shit about somebody getting hurt, I would have at least read it. Right. Before I wouldn't find your name and blocked you on Twitter, too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you can also do stuff like go to theblackoutist.com, become a premium subscriber, leave uh, comments on different posts that we have throughout the week, uh, vote in the polls. We have a poll at the end of each show, mm-hmm. and uh, we read the results on Saturday morning, and we go through what you guys said, because you can comment on the polls as well. Uh, we also are on Twitter, so if you're on Twitter, make sure you hit the follow button. Uh, and I'll end up probably blocking you later if you act stupid. But it's Rodimus Prime is my Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is say that again. That as in D A T. And the show's Twitter handle is T B G W T. The official weapon of the show is the Taser. An unofficial sport is Bullet Ball. And Bullet Ball Extreme. Mm-hmm. And today's podcast is brought to you by Shadow Dog Productions. You can go on to either. Uh, Spotify or iTunes. Search the best of Rod and Karen and our album will come up. That's right. We have an album, guys. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it. You can hear us do voice acting. And I think it's pretty fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. Do you like some yeah. comedy? You already like the podcast? You want to hear what it sounds like when we get paid to read other people's words? Mm-hmm. Uh, go check out the best of Rod and Karen on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, it's free on Spotify. I think it's like $9 on iTunes or something like that. Uh, it helps the show out either way that you, uh, listen to it. And, uh, we appreciate everybody who takes the time out to do that. Um, let's get into the show. Okay. Okay. Let's, all kinds of stuff was happening, uh, today. Uh, first things first. Cornell West went and got arrested in Ferguson. Oh, so that's what them pictures of him floating down to the woods. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, see if I can play the uh, news article. Peaceful, tearful candlelight vigil for 18-year-old Vondrit Myers, killed by an off-duty but uniformed St. Louis police officer working a security job. But by midnight, the tone had completely changed. Police and protesters clashed near the shooting scene. Police using pepper spray. Some protesters going on the attack. First targeting police vehicles with kicks and bricks, then targeting police themselves. 
what I describe as a large knife came flying out of the crowd, actually hit an officer on the shoulder, fortunately not the blade edge, and it landed on the ground. Before it was all over, protesters torching an American flag. The anger over the killing of another black teenager at the hands of a white police officer in the St. Louis area. The Myers case simply adding fuel to the racially charged atmosphere in and around St. Louis, where hundreds of people were already planning to gather to protest another case involving an 18-year-old black teenager killed at the hands of a white police officer, that of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. And I just couldn't sit back on Facebook and keep posting about these things without coming out and actually doing some real action. Brown's case sparked weeks of intense protests in Ferguson, Missouri. Brown was unarmed, and many witnesses said he had his hands up when he was shot six times by Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson. The case is now with a grand jury. But the Myers case is different. Police say he was armed, and the uniformed off-duty police officer gave chase when he saw Myers and two others running after seeing the officer make a U-turn. Investigators say Myers and the officers got into a struggle, and Myers shot at the officer three times. The officer returned fire, taking 17 shots. Seven to eight hit Myers, the fatal shot to the head. But family and friends don't believe the police story, saying Myers wasn't armed with a gun, but a sandwich instead. He's seen here buying a sandwich in a store surveillance video just minutes before he was killed. Whatever the case, the mistrust and racial tension growing ever stronger here. Sarah Seidner, CNN, St. Louis, Missouri. Cornell West kind of old, ain't it? What you mean? Old is he in seventies? I don't know. Uh, I guess let me Google his age. I don't know how old Cornell West is. Yeah, um, he got tenure, so he ain't gonna lose his job. <laughs> uh, does he even sixty one? Okay. When does he even have time to teach? Right, that's my question. But, you probably um, don't teach. The thing is, though, man, like, on the one hand, you know, it's cool that anybody goes down to Ferguson pretty much, you know. Um, and it is what it is at this point. Some people are going to be opportunists and just want to raise their brand. Some people are going to go down there to raise awareness. Some people are going to go down there to help. It is what it is. Right. Um, yeah, I can't. There's no way, real way to parse uh, who's doing what for what at this point. You know, that's true. I mean, there's some obvious cases like, you know, when Tariq Nasheed goes down there or something. But for the most part, you don't know what people's intentions are. Um, but the thing is, with Cornell West, I always wait for that other shoe to drop because I feel mm-hmm. like this is going to be like some other type of way to just insult the president at some point. Right. You know what I mean? Like at some point, it's going to be. You know, the, he should have been getting arrested with me. Yeah, the oligarchs and the plutocrats are keeping Obama out of jail. That he's a real right. criminal and they all this shit. Me in Obama's America. Yeah, like I, I just hope it doesn't turn to that. I hope I'm wrong, uh, and I hope he just went down there, you know, to support the people and just and that legitimately be his only reason for doing it. Like yeah. there's no other strings attached to it. Yeah, at this point, man, it's like Ferguson is so above my head uh, at this point because it, it never stopped. You know, stuff has Mm-mm. continued to happen over there. Right, even though the media isn't talking about it as much, it's, it hadn't stopped. Right, and St. Louis has continued to have issues and people have continued to protest and have mm-hmm. rallies. Yep. Uh, Darren Wilson still has not been arrested. Nope. Um, 
you know, I think the grand jury got there, you know, last time we checked, they got extended to like January before they even had to make a decision or whether or not to arrest Aaron Wilson or to try him or whatever. So it's just so out of hand there. I don't even know what's going on. And then every time something happens, it's almost like, of course, you know, another kid gets shot. Of course, everybody got to go back out into the streets or, you know, some people never left the streets. It's just more people going to keep joining them. And I don't even know what, you know, getting arrested is proven at this point. Like, True. because the police just seem so dead set, like to not get it. Like we, we will arrest a couple thousand you motherfuckers before we ever like admit that we need to arrest one of our own. You know, all these people been arrested and Darren Wilson has never has been in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Not one time. And somebody put a, um, I put it in the, uh, uh, producer's chat, but somebody put a picture of the clergy. Okay, so there were also uh there was also uh clergy down there. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that because everything on my timeline has been Cornell West, Cornell West, Cornell West. Right, because right, because CNN has been name. Cornell West, Cornell West. You know what I mean? So, uh, and it's one of those things where he's the bigger name, so you're mm-hmm. gonna have people that just straight up are like, you know, what what's up with him, as opposed to what's going on with uh everybody else. I saw. In the article, they say he huddled with clergy, but I didn't know they all came down there together and, uh, you know, to to protest together. It's just, it's just a sad situation at this point, man. And like I said, I don't even know what's going on with this shooting. I heard some, uh, someone emailed us and told me that the police didn't um, check the victim's hand or well, the person who died, the person who was killed. By Derek, they didn't check his hands for gunpowder residue to see if he even fired a shot. So, which is something that's just routine. Like, if you say somebody shot at you, they will have gunpowder residue on their hands. Right. And they didn't even check. So, I just don't even know what to do. It's, it's um, like, you can pretty much kill anybody you want to as long as they're black. Right. And it's also, even from what they were saying and why they arrested the people and things like that, it's some of those things where... Who knows how true and or false the information is being um, put out to the public, you know. Um, and it is one of those things where you don't really know who or what to believe at this period of time. Yeah, I mean, even with this news report we just heard, it's, right. hey, they were throwing knives at the cops and Come shit. And yeah, I was like, it's, it's, you know, it's like, did that really happen? I don't know. I, that, I don't know. Like, I can't trust the police. Right. I don't know where they got the story from. Probably the police. Right. The same police that shoot people and make shit up. Like, I just, it just sucks. We can't trust anybody at this point. You mm-hmm. know, I wish we, I wish it was as simple as, you know, it's the same thing that happened. Um, totally unrelated topic, but the same thing a year ago when I was talking about Jameis Winston and we had some people get mad. Some people hit me up on Twitter. Um, you know, they just didn't like the way I was talking about it, but I was basically making the point that I didn't believe that I did not trust that the adults, not the, not the students, not Jameis Winston, not the victim, uh, alleged victim of sexual assault. I did not trust the adults around to stay the fuck out of the situation. Right. That was all I was saying. I don't trust that these adults will say this is, this is more important than football. And we need to leave this shit alone, you know? Right, because football is over everything. Right. Let's let the justice system play out, and we will see what happens at that point. You know, that's what I, that was my entire point 
uh, of, um, you know, dealing with Florida State and all this stuff. And then, uh, last year, I mean, last week on Balls Deep, we recorded, uh, we reported that, um, FSU said, um, or they were being investigated and it was found out that they had interfered. Of course. With the investigation. Of course. Who, who, you are a, you're an idiot if you didn't think somebody from the university didn't cover something up. Somebody from the university knew something did or did not happen, and they just did not want it to get to the point where it interfered with his college career because football rules all. And it's funny how people can say that, but yet you have the incident that happened at Penn State where it was, you know, people have been found to cover shit up, know about shit, and, and turn a blind eye. Why, why would you think that uh, this university is an exception to it? Right. And and the reason I say it relates to this stuff with the police is when you deal with institutional corruption, right? how can you trust anything that you're hearing? Like I said, I get there's people on Twitter that I trust more than the media or the, the police at this right. point. Right. That I feel like to tell me what's happening on the better ground. and more accurate news. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of changing topics but fsu police reportedly police reportedly interfered with james winston's investigation florida state officials and university police officers tampered with the 2013 rape investigation of Heisman trophy winner quarterback james winston according to a report by fox sports specifically the report claimed that police reports were handed over to university officials and winston's legal representation days before they were given to the state attorney wow why uh, according to the report, why? So they could come up with a defense and alibis and all this shit. Um, I'll read more. According to the report, which Fox claims was pieced together with law enforcement files, emails, and video, the chief of university police received supplemental reports from the Tallahassee police November 8th, 2013, four days before they were given to the state attorney, Willie Meggs, the prosecutor responsible for investigating and potentially filing charges in the case. The reports were then reportedly handed off to a high-ranking member of the athletic department and eventually Winston's defense attorney, Tim Jansen. This effectively gave Winston and the school a head start on investigators. Right. Winston's defense was also given a the first crack at key witnesses per the report. Before police could speak with them, two Florida State football players who claimed to be present on the morning of the alleged assault sat down with Jansen and signed affidavits back in Winston's account of the incidents. So it's like, hey, let's get our story straight before the police arrive and before the uh, prosecution can kind of because they already knew what talk they were to looking you. for. Yeah, because the state attorney decides if it's even going to be a trial. So you know, if you can kind of give the state attorney like one version of events, everyone sticking to that story, make discredit the 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 person that's the victim here, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you have a much higher chance of not even going to trial. The report that's also maybe oh, excuse me that maybe why it took so long. Mm-hmm. The report also indicates the university police ran interference on reporters and fed information to school officials. Both the university's police chief and his second in command allegedly kept Florida State administrators up to date with the latest details and referred to the incident to a, uh, to at least one reporter as a false rumor. Wow. So you know, reporters like, "Hey, we got this thing that we're hearing about this," and he's like, "Oh, it's, it's all fake. It's not true." Handling, the handling of the investigation, which ended with no charges being filed against Winston, is currently under federal investigation. The complaint of sexual assault was originally filed with the Tallahassee Police Department December 7, 2012. 
but state the state attorney did not open up its investigation till november 14 2013 right a report by the New York Times later alleged inconsistencies in the investigation and claimed that the alleged victim had bruising and that Winston was linked to genetic material found in her underwear. The university released a statement on Friday detailing its timeline of events in the rape investigation. Administrators claimed they did not file a formal report to the school's Title IX administrator, a requirement for any school employee who knows about a sexual assault or harassment incident because no charges were filed by police. Uh, update. The New York Times also published a fr- Friday night story on FSU football and Tallahassee law enforcement, a lengthy one that includes a portion on Winston. The Tallahassee police also failed to aggressively investigate the rape accusation. It did not become public until November when a Tampa reporter, Matt Baker, acting on a tip, sought records on the police of the police investigation. Upon learning of Mr. Baker's inquiry, Florida State, having shown little curiosity about the rape accusation, suddenly took a keen interest in the journalist seeking to report it, according to emails obtained by the Times. Can you share any details of the requesting source? David Perry, the university's police chief, said, asked of the Tallahassee police. Several hours later, Mr. Ben Benesorte, the senior athletic department official, asked Chief Perry if the requester was a sports writer. The chief did not know. And Baker adds a perspective on the information. Matt Baker on Twitter put, well, one out of question mark. He doesn't know how many tweets this will be. I've read the Fox Sports story on the Winston case and have copies of most slash all of the documents. Here's why I didn't report it. FSU PD forwarded an email to FSU Senior Associate uh, Associate Athletic Director. Whether the police reports were attached to that is unclear. FSU legal counsel and the spokesperson told me months ago police reports were not attached. The PDFs are written as PDFs. That sometimes happens if an email is forwarded, but the attachment has been stripped. My editors and I cannot definitively say that the police report was sent to FSU senior associate athletic director, so we did not report it. Not saying it did or did not happen, we could not be 100% sure, so we erred on the side of caution. I'm not attacking or disputing Fox's story. I'm saying why we made a different decision with the same similar facts. Megs, the the uh, the district attorney or whatever, mm-hmm. the prosecutor, Megs and others have said in the past that Winston then attorney Winston's then attorney got a copy of the police report before he should have. I and others have reported that. I have not seen definitive proof as to how he might have gotten it, so I haven't reported how. And lastly, I'm aware of the report, but that's why I haven't written it about it in the past and why I won't write on it now. Reasonable people can disagree. So. And, and that guy is a sports reporter for the FSU, you know, sports, for Florida sports. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, I can't sit on this. or I mean, I can't report on this without 100% knowing because they'll deny my access. Right. You know, like, what the fuck am I going to write about if they say, uh, yeah, your ass ain't welcome here no more. Right. You know, it's just, but like I said, once the adults get involved. Everything changes. Everything changes, man. Because it's and like, about money, it's about sports, it's about prestige, it's about uh, the university over everything, you know. Uh, everything we will never bigger. know. Here's the thing. We will never know, and I don't think anybody will definitively be able to say if this mm-hmm. dude did this or not. Right, ever. And I think part of that is because there's never going to be a trial. There's never nope. going to be any, uh, like, everything seemed to, like, be weighted against the victim, you mm-hmm. know. Um, or alleged victim, however you want to say it. When, when we live in a world where less than three percent of rape accusations are proven false, right? So 
you know, we're like the odds of being accused of rape and not doing our low anyway. But then to have all this shit weighted against uh, this person for even coming forward, not to mention the initial police t- uh, when she delivered a report was like, you probably shouldn't file this because of you're going to be dealing with football and it's really strong and powerful in the city. You know, it's it's just one of those things where that's kind of how I feel about the police in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the media in Ferguson. Like, how can you trust any of them? They like they clearly just don't give a fuck at all. You know, like they don't care about right and wrong. Yes, they now niggas are samurais. They throwing knives from the fucking crowd now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, none of these police get injured. It's just. You know, it's just alleged. Like, oh, they were throwing bombs, and you know that—that's why they had to tear gas them. It's like, Ooh, who was the ninja clan that was in the in that was right. protesting? They were throwing Molotov cocktails. Black people don't even know how to make Molotov cocktails. We don't do that. That's not our shit. But it, you know, and then it's like, so one person threw a Molotov cocktail, so you fucking rain down and curb stop a whole neighborhood, right? You know, but uh yeah. Cornell West gets arrested there. Um, it's going to suck in a month when it's just fucking him talking bad about Obama and why Obama didn't go get arrested. But take the good with the bad, I guess. You yeah, know what I guess I mean? so. <laughs> I thought this was a funny story. In Seattle, a group of robbers beat up a 16-year-old for his cell phone last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Then they used his stolen phone to send the victim's mother a text reading, I'm gay. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Did you imagine your mama getting that message? So immature. Right. Grow up, burglars. According to the police report for the incident, the victim was waiting for the bus, looking at his phone around 4 p.m. when he was suddenly punched in the face. What happened if he was really gay? Uh, I don't know. I wonder if they even took the time to find out. Right. He looked up and four men attacked him, according to the report. The victim told officers he fought back against his attacker, dropping his phone and backpack in the process. According to the report, the suspects walked off when someone yelled at them to break up the fight, but they took the victim's phone and backpack with them. When the victim got home, his mother informed her she had received a text message from his phone said, I'm gay, you know that. <laughs> Could you imagine, especially if you're not gay, you're also like, Mama, what? The victim told officers he recognized one of the suspects as a former schoolmate and gave officers the suspect's name. He described him as a spac- as approximately 16-year-old Hispanic man, 5 feet 8 inches tall with a medium build, uh, short black hair and a lip ring. According to the... <laughs> Not the lip ring. Even the thugs in Seattle are kind of hipsters. According to the report, the victim didn't recognize the other three and was unable, unable to describe them. The victim suffered a cut to the face and was planning out to see a dentist about a tooth that was hurting following the attack. Shit. Yeah, man. I wonder what other shit they could do with your cell phone. A lot, because you know? it's best if you have smartphones, because I keep my phone locked all the time, because, like I said, I have so much personal, private information. A lot of people keep their banking stuff, their credit card stuff. Everybody has apps now. Most people do their Facebook, their Twitter, their their Google+. Plus. Most people do multiple email accounts that they can check through through their phones. If you're like me, you watch porn on your telephone. You got your Netflix account, your Hulu account, your HBO Go account. Like You basically get a lot of people's phones. You literally have their whole life and access to a lot of shit. What's funny to me is you know that 
the, most people have in their phones, like shortcuts. Like I have you in there as my wife, you know, right. I have my mom in there as mom. Mm-hmm. So like they can just go in there and like find your boss and it is tight. Like, right. Fuck you motherfucking crackers. I hate your job. Y'all can all suck my dick. And when I come in late tomorrow, kiss my ass, you know, and then right. like you get to work and it's just like, uh, can we talk to you in the office for a second? Right. And you don't know what happened. And yeah. you're like, uh, my phone was stolen, y'all. Text your pastor and shit. I believe in the Satan, motherfucker. <laughs> right. And fuck your church. Oh, y'all fake. Jesus ain't shitting, nigga. You know. <laughs> Just a bunch of shit like that. You ain't really saved. Send, send, send. Right, fucking up everybody's life and shit. <laughs> right. Text your kids. Have your, have your girlfriends cussing you out. Mm-hmm. Text your kids. You ain't mine. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, they they stole that man's cell phone. Text just, your kids. Y'all, y'all niggas adopted. Right. <laughs> I'm not coming home tonight, bitch. To my send to my wife. You know? <laughs> no. I know, sir. but I'm cheating on you with the maid. We ain't got no maid, but I bought one. I hired one and cheating right. on you with them. I'm just saying, like, all the women in your phone just keeps texting them shit. Like, I have AIDS. You need to get tested. <laughs> you know? Like, that was a good way to, you know, you get a hold of somebody's phone, man. You right. That's all. Man, mine is, like, the lockdown. I, like, immediately, as soon as I put that shit down, like, clank, clank. Oh. No, fuck that shit. Mm-mm. Uh, I hope you ain't, uh, you have to crack you know, the code to get in now. I hope you ain't got his dick on there no way. Yeah, send, yeah. Pe- send your dick to your mom. Yeah, and then say I'm gay. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Even if you don't say I'm gay, I'm just saying, just send a dick text to your mom. Like, here is your son's dick. Look. Right. You know? Here's your daughter's vagina. Bing, bing. Mm hmm. Check it out. Right. Dad, check it out, dad. <laughs> You know, you want to know what your daughter's titties look like? Right. It's too much shit on our phones, man. Yes, sir. Uh, by the way, 49 people got arrested at, um, that, at, besides just Cornell West. It wasn't just Cornell West getting arrested. Uh, he might as well have been the only one, the only one everybody was talking about. <laughs> he was the only one everybody was talking about. And didn't, didn't nobody else matter. Yeah, it's weird because, um, also on the ground, there's like a, well, not on the ground. On Twitter, at least, there's also like a lot of disrespect towards the NAACP, a lot of disrespect towards Al Sharpton, a lot of disrespect towards Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. So there's like all these complicated issues, which is so funny, man. Like, there's all this infighting of like, well, when Al Sharpton came down, he didn't mention the names of the people on the ground, but Cornell West did, you know, and shit like that. But it's like, well, in a week when he's dissing Obama. Will it even matter? Yeah, will it even matter how he played it? Mm-mm. Um, all right, but let's talk about other shit. Here's something I've noticed, and I don't know if other people have noticed it too, but I'm just asking because I think this is a really um ingenious thing that is happening, but I also feel manipulated by it, and I wish people would stop doing it. I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I don't like when people send out these links that are like, did you see what John Oliver said about abortion? Mm-hmm. Oh, D- John Stewart really takes Republicans to task. Watch the clip here. And I was thinking, this shit happens on like Gawker and Upworthy and all these sites, right? Mm-hmm. And it's reported just like they report on anything else. Like these are news aggregator sites. Right. So these sites are just like, here's something you should click on here. Yes. You know, here is Keanu Reeves. Here is 
a story about Wiz Khalifa. Here is, you know, everything like that. Mm-hmm. But almost on a weekly basis, a couple times a week, we get the, here's a clip of John Oliver talking about pumpkin spice. Here's a clip of John Oliver talking about uh Ferguson. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this shit, and I realized what it is that bothers me about these clips being sitting around. Okay? And I'm not typically this kind of person, but... Like, like if I watch a movie and like there's a Coke machine in it, I don't get mad. Like these motherfuckers got Coke machines in the movie. You know, like what, what kind of shit is this? I don't get mad about that. I think that's stupid. Right. But I do think Gawker, Upworthy, these sites that post these clips, Mm -hmm. I bet you if you follow the money, these are advertisements. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I bet these aren't really articles that someone found interesting. I bet you they get paid to post these links oh, yeah. to was, other people's shows. Yeah. And it makes it seem like, oh, I'm actually learning about how the Daily Show took apart mm-hmm. the, I don't know, Sarah Palin's latest comments. But I bet you it's a cool way to advertise because, you know, if you click on the article, it takes you to uh links to last week tonight's website. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously... Uh, you're gonna know that it's on HBO or Comedy Central. Right. It's free advertising. Yes, it is. You know, I would not be surprised if that's exactly what it is, man. Like, why, why not just, like, you just pretend that it's the most interesting fucking thing in the world, but actually it's just, here's a, a free ad for John Oliver. Here's a clip mm-hmm. of his show and it's on YouTube already and, you know, go basically, the only thing missing from the fucking article is every Sunday at nine o'clock. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It just, I just had an epiphany today just thinking about it. Like, like, why the fuck do I keep seeing these, uh, you know, the, every week? And I hate when people send them around because just like all commercials, if I, I know where the fucking daily show is. I know where la- where HBO is on my remote control, yes. you know, on my on my channel guide. I don't need the fucking help, guys. If I wanted to watch it, I would have watched it, right? right? And I, but now I'm like, oh, this is probably advertising. Like, I won't be surprised if all of a sudden they start going, look at this, uh, look at this crazy uh, Key and Peel skit. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the the most amazing Key and Peel skit you will ever see. About racism or something, and then it's just like, wait a minute, Key and Peele airs every Wednesday at nine thirty on Comedy Central. You know what I mean? Uh, Anyway, it was just something I was thinking about. It wouldn't surprise me if they got paid. Yeah, Uh, and it's such a smooth way to do it. Right. You don't even know you got advertised to. You just click on it and hit play. But like, and normally it's something important. But this one I saw, and it said John Oliver takes down pumpkin spice, and I'm like pumpkins. Okay, at this point, that has to be an ad because no right. one saw this and went, "Oh, this is as important as when he talked about Ferguson mm-hmm. and gun control." No. no, it's just the weekly ad for John Oliver. Did y'all pick this week, <clears throat> right? Or did right. they paid you for this week? Wouldn't be surprised. All I'm saying. Ex porn star Sasha Gray is in the news. Sasha Gray, uh, who didn't really do. Um, I don't know her. You don't know Sasha Gray? Well, she's a white girl. She does. Uh, she was in. Uh, she tr- she switched to being a serious actress or trying to be a serious actress. She was in the Girlfriend Experience, which is actually a really good movie. Okay, um, I enjoyed it a lot. 
Uh, she also was in Entourage, the last season of Entourage. She played Vince's girlfriend. Okay, okay. But she kind of played herself anyway. But um, anyway, she um, apparently had to file court documents seeking protection from Iron Cinnamon. I can't believe that's his real name. Yeah. Who was her ex-lover and told her he was a CIA spy. Uh, but apparently she said, you know, he's abusive to her and sexually assaulted her. She got a temporary restraining order last month and he started sending her threatening messages. So the judge extended that protection, banning sentiment from having any contact with her or coming anywhere near her for a year, which is weird because if someone is threatening you, how the fuck you just go, here's a year timeout. Right. So what happened after? Yeah, I got to go extend this fucker longer. Yeah. You know? I just don't think the average person could handle dating a porn star anyway. Right. You know, I'm not saying... You got to be somebody really special. Yeah, because I'm not saying it's impossible, and I'm Mm. not saying... No, that it won't work, me either. Yeah, but the average person probably, like... For male or female. Yeah, yeah. like, we're not trained this way in society to, like, have your partner out fucking people for money and then be like, but she only comes home to me. Right. The average person's mind doesn't function like that. Like, you have any insecurity at all, it's going to fuck with you. Any. I'm sorry. You got to be a secure motherfucker. Or maybe, maybe you're in the business, too, and you just understand. And that's what happened a lot of times. That's why they have a tendency to date people already in the business. Did we already talk about um, the rapper that got arrested at the airport with a handgun, and this time it was Waka Flocka? No. That's right. Last time it was too short. Yes. Brick Squad, Waka Flocka. Flocka. Flame. Yeah. Waka Flocka Flame was uh, arrested. Is that why he didn't go to the uh, last ep- the uh, episode of uh, ATL where they was beating up everybody and fighting? Maybe. Uh, oh, yeah. I think that was because he was on tour. But Okay. He was arrested after a handgun was found in his carry-on bag during the security scan at Atlanta's airport. How does this happen? Mm-hmm. Now, is it that... Millions and thousands and hundreds of people apparently are just carrying guns and getting through. Right. Or is it that you just are so used to having a gun, you just fucking forget or what? Uh, I think a little bit of both. He's a 28-year-old rapper. Um, He did not have a weapons permit. He was arrested Friday afternoon and charged with carrying a weapon in a prohibited place. He was being held in the Clayton County Jail. An initial court appearance was set for Saturday morning. It wasn't immediately clear if he had a lawyer. TSA spokesman Mark Howell said agents have found about 1,600 guns so far this year in bags at the airport security check uh, points nationwide. Isn't that amazing? Yep, and those are the ones they found. I'm just amazed because our society is so comfortable with the idea of gun ownership, but what could be more irresponsible than taking it to the fucking airport and forgetting that you had it? Right, and I'm pretty sure there's a way to check it in and, and all that stuff. People probably fly with guns all the time done the proper way, but you just checking it and somebody screening your shit going, oh, there's a gun. I don't even know if there's a proper way. I mean, maybe if you're a law they, enforcement official yeah, or something, well, yeah, but say, just normal-ass people, I think, just are so used to the custom of having guns, they just take them with them. Okay, and forget and I think they, they forget about them. That's true. You know, the same way, you know, you forget about other shit that little shit is just that's how casually people are acquainted with guns in society is just oh yeah oh yeah i guess i did pack my gun in my suitcase that was crazy 
Uh, in addition to any criminal penalties, Howell says TSA can impose a fine of $11,000 depending on the infraction. So, Walker taking guns to the airport, man. First it was too short, now Walker. They don't care somebody else next week. If you're one of those rappers that likes a lot of one-syllable words, watch your back. You better. Amanda Bond says, a microchip in my brain made me say my dad abused me. Ooh, who put it there? Uh, her dad. She's insane. She need help. In a series of tweets posted earlier this morning, Amanda Bonds accused her dad of child abuse, saying he was verbally and physically abusive when she was a kid, and that living with him was a total nightmare. Now she says the microchip in her brain made her say those things. My dad never did any of those things. The microchip in my brain made me say those things, but he's the one that ordered them to microchip me. She ain't been right for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna try to fifty one fifty her. Uh they may have already done it where they try to that's basically where you try to put somebody in jail because they're um a danger to themselves and they're unstable. Okay. Mentally. And um every report has just been about crazy shit she's done and said in public. Right. And how she's just having a breakdown. And mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Like, Because she's been a child star, so she's been in the spotlight for a very long time. Wouldn't Amanda Bond and all that years ago with Kenan and Kale? Uh, I guess she did get her start on Nickelodeon Lodian, or something. Yeah. But she's been around for a very long time. It's crazy, man, because, like, everyone's kind of reveling in her demise like and she clearly gets more and more unhinged but i I mean i don't know what you can do me either i just think she needs help yeah like it kind of reminds me of what shia labeouf was going through all this shit Mm -hmm. then he realized he needed money so he started acting right for the last like three weeks because he got movies coming out you know this is crazy i don't know what you can do about it um but i think they actually are trying to get her put it put in jail i mean not jail treatment okay uh because to say we don't care what you say you need help and you've shown us that you need help yeah like every tabloid is like reporting like she was talking to herself this time she mm-hmm. was acting funny in the um you know in the airport she was uh, we got on camera saying this she was on twitter doing that what the fuck are you gonna do you know, I was and, like, you know, go get them. I'm, t- I'm tired of this bullshit. The, the police like, we ain't coming out of your house no more. And it's so funny because people are now are on Twitter and shit are just trained to take everything 100% serious. Right. Um, so especially when you hit these trigger things like oh, domestic violence, right. verbal and physical abuse. Yep. Or whatever people's pet peeves topics are. So she says, my dad was physically, verbally and physically abusive to me as a child. I need to tell the truth about my dad. He called me ugly as a child, then asked me if I wanted to have sex with him, and I did not know how to respond. I said no, and then I was forced to live with my dad, which was a total nightmare. My dad fondled himself in front of me so many times. I started recording him on my phone in hopes of catching him, saying or doing something inappropriate around me so I could get him arrested and put in jail for the rest of his perverted life. My mom knows that my father literally and physically incestual towards his own daughter and the fact that she never called the police on him embarrasses me to no end. So today I'm meeting with the lawyer to get restraining order against my dad. I cannot hear the sound of his incestually charged voice ever again, and I'm just being honest. I will not be manipulated or brainwashed by anyone anymore, so let me live my own life of unhappiness and misery. So call me what you want, but please do not call me crazy or insane because that's a joke. 
Meanwhile, these things are getting 17,000 retweets, 21,000 favorites. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of people that follow her and watch her. And the, and the, the sad part is that uh, if any of this is true, it's one of those things people go, well, you kind of off, honey. Yeah. Just, you know, I really hate for any of it to be true, and she's literally telling the truth, and everybody's just ignoring it because she's quote-unquote crazy. Mm-hmm. Most people ask for a raise in the privacy of their boss's office, Karen. But one gutsy Wells Fargo employee emailed the CEO directly and copied some 200,000 others Wells Fargo workers on the note. Yeah, yeah. What? That's some balls. On Tuesday, the Charlotte Observer reported that Tyrell Oates. I guess the race. <laughs> guess the race of this one. Oh man, Tyrell Oates. Um, uh, he emailed, um, he works in the Oregon office at Wells Fargo, processing requests for customers, trying to stop debt collection calls. Sent such a, he sent such an email to CEO John Stumpf. His plea was not just to get a raise for himself. His proposal to Stumpf used the company's profits to give every employee a raise of $10,000. According to the Observer and Oates said, the move would show the rest of the United States, if not the world, that yes, big corporations can have a heart other than philanthropic endeavors. An apparent copy of Oates' letter with his name removed has been posted on Reddit and includes that language. The letter cites Wells Fargo second quarter profits and reads, why not take some of this and distribute it to the rest of the employees? It encourages Stump to think as well of the pos- pub- positive publicity in a time of extreme consumer skepticism towards banks that a company-wide raise would bring. It closes with an appeal to coworkers. It is time that we ask, no, it is time that we demand to be rightfully compensated for the hard work that we accomplished and for the great part we all have played in the success of this company. Oates also goes on to reveal that the email has been sent to hundreds of thousands of Wells Fargo employees, as many as I could be, as I could CC from the Outlook Global Address book. Oh, Lord, that, we got one of them at my jobs, and that fucker is huge. Yeah. Um, and I got his picture here. Uh, you may be surprised in the chat room what uh, Tyrell Oates from Oregon looks like. But right, because I I'll didn't think he looked like that. Um, well, only a white man could have the audacity to do this, Karen. I'm sorry. Your yeah, brother would have been like, oh, take a walk me out to do it. Brothers know if you send this, you might as well just go ahead and pack your shit. Right. If I, by the time I hit enter, they're going to be immediately at my desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oates also goes on to reveal, oh, wait. So a Facebook profile for Tyrell Oates living in Portland, Oregon, uh, posted a link to the Observer story saying, since this is out, I thought I'd share a message to that pro- Facebook profile has, was not immediately returned. A Wells Fargo spokeswoman said the company does not discuss personnel matters. And in an email statement, she said the company provides market competitive compensation that combines base pay with a broad array of benefits and career development opportunities. It also said the company has an annual performance and salary review, and that compensation exceeds federal and state minimums. Of course, they don't minimums. give a fuck. Yeah, we pay more than the minimum wage. Yeah, like McDonald's when minimum wage was four ninety five, you pay five dollars. We pay above the minimum wage. Right, everybody pays above the minimum wage. Right. In twenty thirteen, Stump's total compensation was nineteen point three million. That compares to a total pay of fourteen million for Brian Moynihan of Bank of America, fourteen point five of Michael Corbett at Citigroup, and twenty million for Jamie Dimon at Citigroup. Oates told the Observer that he had been with 
Wells Fargo for nearly seven years, works full time and makes a little more than fifteen dollars an hour. He says he has received thank you notes from coworkers and that he remained employed as of Tuesday afternoon. I'm not worried about losing my job over this, he told the paper. Apparently not. Of course he's not. Good luck. We'll see how long this lasts. Yeah, I hope you uh you know, I hope you uh don't get uh you know fired for this shit but that's hilarious and right you know how how many people were serious like secretly like yes oh uh-huh 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 yeah you you know a lot of people looked at him and told him thank you like privately you know what i'm saying and shit like that they would never come out in public because it's it's just one of those things where as an employee uh a lot of people work for huge companies and when you see companies making these record-breaking profits year after year after year after year and you're going, but nigga, uh, my wage is less than one percent every year and shit like that. And the thing, the thing about it is, what people fail to realize: if you really want to make money, you literally have to work for yourself. But that's something very hard, and it's not an easy task to do. Uh, when you work for other people, uh, a lot of people, especially when you like watch large corporations, they're about their profit and paying you cuts into their profit. You know they're gonna fire the shit out of this nigga, right? Right. As soon as this story dies down, <laughs> he gonna get an email, a call. Like, okay, we 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 gonna let this roll. But the way she responded, should I look? We pay with the with the state, federal, and local government said we got to pay. Mm-hmm. So that's letting y'all know ain't nobody get no ten thousand dollar raise. Yeah, your job is safe. Don't worry about it. Um, your job is safe for until now. until the story is over. Right. Beverly Hills, California, Viola Davis told a crowd of Hollywood luminaries that her drive to end childhood hunger is fueled by memories of growing up in abject poverty, stealing and crawling through maggot-filled garbage bins to get food. I sacrificed a childhood for food, and I grew up in immense shame, she said. Davis shared the personal stories Friday as she accepted accolades at Variety Power of Women luncheon where Jane Fonda, Reese Witherspoon, and Jennifer Lopez were also recognized for their humanitarian efforts. Davis said her work with the Hunger Is Hunger Is campaign to raise awareness about hunger in the United States has been the joy of my life. She thanked her colleagues and supporters for the chance to stand up in front of so many people's at age, people at age 49 and share my testimony and begin the process of healing. Witherspoon has recognized for was recognized for her involvement with the Malala Fund, the educational advocacy organization established by Malala Yousafzai. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, who won the Nobel Peace Prize on Friday? Witherspoon says she was inspired by her daughter Ava to explore the state of girls' education around the world and learn about Malala's efforts. Lopez said her namesake foundation was also inspired by her children. Lopez says she and her sister Linda started the Lopez Family Foundation when they were pregnant together in hopes of helping needy families receive high-quality health care. Jane Fonda is involved in various philanthropic programs, but she was honored Friday for creating the Georgia Campaign for Adolescent Power and Potential, which works to prevent teen pregnancy and inspire healthy lifestyles in the state. I grew up believing that service is the rent you pay for life, Fonda said. Other honorees include Universal Pictures Chair Donna Langley, who works with Vital Voices, an international campaign that promotes female community leaders, and Jessica Matthews, creator of the Socket, the soccer ball that harnesses energy with play and becomes an off-grid power source. Guests at the Lifetime Sponsored Luncheon at the Beverly Hill Hilton Hotel 
uh, include Ryan Seacrest, Maria Bello, Allison Janey, and Wild Arthur Cheryl Strayed. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that Viola Davis went through all that. By the way, um, this article is kind of fucking with black people because the cover art for this article is actually a picture of Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Okay. Even though the title is um, Viola Davis. Davis. Okay, that's what I was looking like. I don't think that's her. But, man, maggots and shit, man. Wow. I'd like to know her backstory, you know? Uh, you'd be amazed at what people go through, man. Just be, the what the how you see somebody's now <laughs> is not the uh can't tell the story about where they've been. Yeah. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Right. Um, let's talk about some other stuff, guys. Uh Fed stole a woman's identity and created a fake Facebook page in order to try to trap criminals. Oh, didn't ask her? Search Sandra Price on Facebook, and you'll find a profile for the woman shown above. From the information that's publicly displayed, you'll learn a few things about her. She went to Watertown High School. She drives a BMW. Her nickname is Sosa. And judging by one picture, she might have young children. All of this is true. The children in the photo are her son and her niece, it turns out. But she didn't create this Facebook page. A U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration agency named Timothy Sinigan did. Sandra Arniquette was arrested in 2010 for a minor role in a cocaine dealing ring. She went by Sandra Prince at the time. Uh, ultimately, she was sentenced to probation, BuzzFeed reports, and without her knowledge, Sinigan used photos and information taken from her seized cell phone to set up profile a profile oh. in hopes of luring other offenders. Now she's suing Sinigan, and the government attorneys are claiming that identity theft was permissible. Which is funny, right? Because... um. They just passed, they just like really just said by the Supreme Court, you can't just take somebody's phone when they're in custody and go through it. Right. Just because you arrested them. To find other shit unrelated. Yeah. And I get that they're trying to find criminals and shit, but you know, you also could be putting this person in danger in real life. Right. It ain't that hard to do like a Google image search and find a real person and be like, hold up, what's going on here? The DA's actions might never have come to light if Arquette, now 28, hadn't sued Sinigan, accusing him in federal district court in Syracuse, New York, of violating her privacy and placing her in danger. Right. Even even though you found this picture, these pictures while you had me in custody, I never gave you permission to put these pictures up. Now, I understand that your, your um, what you may call it, your mugshot or whatever is public, mm-hmm. but my private pictures to my phone is not public for you to go through and put it out on the internet. No. Right. And who knows what kind of shit they're saying to these criminals. Right. And have somebody really come and find me. Right. Because you know they'll say anything. They don't give a fuck. Hey, uh, when I get there with the 12 pounds of cocaine, uh, 12 kilos of cocaine, you gonna suck my dick too. Of course. Right. And some, some, some random dude show up to your house or at your job or some shit like that and you going what the fuck are you why are you here well that ain't what you say on the internet what the fuck are you talking about you literally have no idea what they're talking about mm-hmm. a court filing a u.s attorney in a court filing a u.s attorney acknowledges that unbeknownst to our quick Sinigan created a fake facebook account posed as her posted photos sent a friend request to a fugitive accept the other friend request and use the account for a legitimate law enforcement purpose Without her permission, yes, she mm-hmm. ought to sue. 
The U.S. attorney defendant said again claims that the agent's actions were okay. While Arquitz, uh did not give express permission for Sinigan to use the photos, it is argued that she implicitly consented by granting access to the information stored in her cell phone and by consenting to use that information to aid in ongoing criminal investigations. Wow. How, no. That's a stretch. Right. No, that make no. Uh, you, how, how can you say that? Like, you saying, well, since you gave permission, you gave permission to use your, your shit in your phone for other shit too, word. Yeah, is this even, um, can, like, isn't this against Facebook policies? Right. If, put like this, somebody gonna pay. You mm-hmm. gonna pay, Facebook gonna pay, somebody gonna pay. Facebook shouldn't even allow this. Yeah. Um, University of Pennsylvania law professor interviewed by BuzzFeed replied, I may allow someone to come into my home and search, but that does not mean they can take the photos from my coffee table and post them online. Right. Astonishingly, four years later, the fake profile is still up. One photo of Arnaquette wearing either a two-piece bathing suit or a bra underwear was at some point pulled down. Sinigan's government lawyer argues that the photo was not sexually suggestive, but the picture of her young son and niece remains. Arnaquette's five-year probation sentence for the drug arrest was terminated in March. Yep. Wow. For the fact that the shit is still up, somebody would... Yeah, because... To me, it's it's so fucked up the way our laws is about privacy. It's privacy if it's on the police side, but it's not privacy when it comes to public citizens, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, what else can you do, by the way? You know, can you take my phone numbers? Can you give people my mom's phone number? Because it's in my phone. I mean, you can use the shit for any way you want to, according to you, right? Right. And have people randomly calling and showing up to my goddamn house and putting me and my life in danger Mm -hmm. because you're trying to do an investigation. These people don't know who you are, but they know who I am because you're posing as me. YouTube star Sam Pepper is accused of raping several teenagers. Oh, uh, yeah. YouTube stardom. A YouTube personality and former UK Big Brother contestant has been accused of raping several young women in the recent weeks, BuzzFeed reports. The star, who has upwards of 2 million YouTube subscribers, gained a following by posting prank videos, several of which involve his attempts to pick up women and others which are badly, baldly misogynistic. In the wake of a particularly egregious clip posted in September in which Pepper used a fake hand to grope women, several young women have come forward with allegations of rape. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I don't understand how the prank shit goes on YouTube, how it's even legal to just, you have a camera, now you can just start fucking with people. Right. You know, the pranks in the hood shit is ridiculous. I won't even play them on the show because it's just so disgusting to me. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not down for that bullshit, especially if I'm not informed and I don't know ahead of time. And what happens if that shit goes horribly wrong and somebody whoops your ass and shoots and kills you because you want to goddamn put on the prank? Right. And they think even showing someone beat them up, especially if it's a black person, is still funny. Like, And it's not. Oh, me. look how violent this black person got when I went up and did, you know, tried to reach in their pocket and take something out. You know, uh, here's one of his pranks. It's called Insta Whore. It has two million views. Hey, um, I know this is like mega cheesy, but I think you're really cute and I wanted to ask for your number. Okay, um, can I get your Instagram, maybe? Okay. Thanks. 
Uh, Sam Pepper. Okay, I followed you. You've got to follow me back. 800,000 followers? What yeah. do you do? Nothing really. Okay, um, I'm actually trying to get my Instagram followers up. Model and I'm trying to get big. Wait, oh, this is the prank? Cool. Alright then, well, I guess I'll see you later. Uh, actually, you can get your number. Oh, oh, you want my number now? I've got Instagram followers. Sorry, I don't do Insta whores. <laughs> oh my god. It actually worked. It actually worked. That's, that's funny. the prank? Oh, that's terrible. Alright. Uh, well, so, shit then, where's our followers and money? I don't know, I, I could go up here and say not funny shit to people. Right. Uh, actually, um, you're a bitch. <laughs> two, million, two million views, please, two million views. Um, so yeah, um, he, uh, so yeah, he did the one where he tried to fill on women with a fake hand and grope them, but it got taken down and, uh, I guess they yeah. tried to re-upload it, but that got taken down too. Right, you get sued over shit like that. They don't, they don't want these women suing them. Going, you put my shit up there, even if you did bring my fucking face out. I did not give permission for this. The most recent accusation comes from an 18-year-old woman who filed a police report with the LAPD yesterday. According to the woman's account, she met Pepper at a Los Angeles party on September 5th, then left to go to a cafe with him and two of his friends. When Pepper was driving her home around 3.30 a.m., he dropped off his friends first, then told her that he had to pick something up from his apartment before he could take her to the house. Pepper went to his bedroom after they arrived at his apartment. She said from BuzzFeed, <clears throat> the woman said she played with the dog. Then Pepper walked into another room. She said she felt strange being alone in that part of the apartment without him and followed him. When she realized Pepper had led her into his bedroom, the woman said that he put her at ease by opening up his laptop and asking him to watch YouTube prank videos with him on her bed, on his bed. He just made it another really friendly situation where it was not flirting or anything. He was just showing me something, she said. Shortly after she said, he began making unwarranted advances towards her and then raped her. The woman posted a YouTube video in which her face is hidden, her voice is disguised, called Sam, Pe called Sam Pepper doesn't understand the word no. And then she says that she, he physically overpowered her and that after he finished, he told her the way she reacted, that is pushing him off and repeatedly telling him to stop, made him come twice as fast. Wow. What the fuck? Do you look at the camera like, you've been pranked? Yeah. <laughs> they said another non-funny joke. Yeah, this is my rape pranks. I'm good at this. Two million views. The video description states that she published a video. You know me, I don't take no from whores. What? Mm -hmm. It's the whore. Right. The video description states that she uh, published a video in hopes of preventing this from happening to other women. The woman told BuzzFeed that Pepper contacted her, threatening to pursue legal action if she reported the alleged rape to police or the press. All this over YouTube fame. I guess it matters, you know. I guess so. Previously, a 20-year-old woman from Toronto told BuzzFeed that Pepper raped her at his hotel while on tour of the city in 2013. She was 18 at the time. He got that big Ben syndrome, man. These these women ain't popping up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Multiple women. Right. Randomly you see a rapist. Also, like, he was on tour of, an, of, of another country because these prank videos. Like, what's so funny about these videos? Ah, this, this shit wasn't funny to me. 
He continued to do things to me against my will and then forced me to give him head, nearly choking me. She said afterwards he threw me a napkin and told me that it was time to go. Another woman said Pepper asked her for nude photographs when she was 15 and three others reported being groped or harassed by him. According to BuzzFeed, every woman whom they have interviewed about allegations against Pepper has said she was inspired by a YouTube video called Sam Pepper, The Real Reveal, in which an anonymous 19-year-old woman talks about being raped by Pepper after meeting him while working at a restaurant. The woman told BuzzFeed that the LAPD filed a report on her behalf after she received an examination at Kaiser Permanente in Los Angeles Medical Center, but that it did not result in an arrest. So, um... Yeah, these women, like from all over dog like don't know each other not related okay yeah it feels like this youtube internet celebrity shit is almost like the trolls of uh the internet just getting popular you Mm -hmm. know and i think since it doesn't take much because for a lot lot of people well for a lot of people fame justifies fame right you are famous therefore you must be talented Oh, okay, you have yeah. a lot of followers, therefore you must be good at whatever you yeah, do. Yeah, and I don't right? believe that. Yeah, sometimes you, you can be terrible at what you do and still find a way to make money. Yeah, and I think people like start to trust these people. You think mm-hmm. you know these people, right? Um, and you don't fucking know these people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in the eyes of you know this dude being falsely accused of rape several times is just so yeah. low by unrelated women from different parts of the country yeah come on dog you different know parts of different parts was one one in canada and one down here come on dog you know and with the prank attitude is that like you know this you know this i push the line all the time even with sex uh this is a picture of him by the way i'm putting it in the chat so you guys can see it but it's like you know even my sex is is a, is a prank push that i push the line Apparently so. My line pusher, y'all. You're getting pranked with my dick. Right. You know, I got two million views. I'm unstoppable. You can't be touched. <laughs> Speaking of people that get a little crazy. Uh-oh. I think they can't be touched. NBC chief medical correspondent Nancy Snyderman apparently is not a fan of Ebola quarantines. She's now under police surveillance after she was spotted out in public in the New Jer- in New Jersey last week. According to reports, Snyderman and three other crew members who work with freelance cameraman Ashoka Mukpo in Liberia. Is she trying to kill people? She agreed to quarantine. They agreed to quarantine themselves for 21 days as part of a voluntary arrangement for the centers with the Centers of Disease Control. But less than a week after Mukpo tested positive for the virus, a Gawker tipster spotted Snyderman getting food from the Peasant Grill in Hopewell, New Jersey. Oh, so now they got to goddamn stand outside your fucking house so your ass won't leave. This is how the strain starts. Right. This is definitely how the strain starts. Dr. Nancy Snyderman, the NBC on-air doctor. It was all a part of his plan. All a part of his plan. Mm-hmm. The master. She was one of the survivors on the plane. Dr. Nancy Snyderman, the NBC on-air doctor whose cameraman was diagnosed with Ebola, is supposed to be under quarantine for 21 days. She happens to live in my neighborhood in Princeton, New Jersey, where her reputation as a bit of an arrogant specimen had me idly remarking last night that if I ever, if ever there were someone likely to flout the quarantine and leave their house, it was her. Fast forward to the day. <laughs> my wife and a friend are virtually certain they spotted her in a car outside of a restaurant in Hopewell, New Jersey, within the past hour. She sent a guy in to retrieve her food and remained in the car. It appeared that as soon as she thought she'd been spotted, she looked away and put on sunglasses. My wife's friend immediately called both Hopewell and Princeton police, who said they'd look into it. 
story was quickly picked up by Planet Princeton the New Jersey, and New Jersey officials issued a mandatory quarantine order on Friday. Police are now reportedly patrolling Snyderman's neighborhood to make sure she doesn't sneak out again. What did she think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Her neighbor was like, I know this bitch. She don't stay home. She really was on some like, I'm white. Right. This, what the fuck this? You can still kill people, woman. Yeah. What the fuck Ebola got to do with me? That's a black disease. As <laughs> far she concerned. It's not going to kill me. I didn't even touch that blackie. Um, but yeah, uh, it also says on Monday's NBC Nightly News, Brian Williams read a brief non-apology statement from the Snyderman in which the good doctor allowed the members of our group violated those quarantine guidelines and understand that our quarantine is now mandatory. NBC was report, has reportedly refused to comment. Motherfucker's going to get everybody killed, man. Right, because you don't want to obey the rules. Yeah. Nobody wants to listen to the damn people that tell you to just stay in the house. Right. It really felt like on the strain, like, oh, this would never happen. This is so ridiculous. Why would, you know. Man, Kesha going to be out there shutting down the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kesha. You are hilarious. <laughs> a woman told police she dug up her dad's grave with respect. Lawyer wants a statement suppressed. Yeah, shout, shout out to Nina and them for Kesha because they call her they call her Kesha, so I, I like that name. A lawyer for a woman accused of ransacking the New Hampshire grave of her father oh. is ser- in search of his real will. Wants a judge to suppress her written statement to police that she dug it up with respect and that he would be okay with it. Oh. Prosecutors allege that Melanie Nash, 52, conspired with others to remove her father's remains from the Colebrook Village Cemetery in May. The vault of businessman Eddie Nash, who died in 2004, was found cracked with the casket open and his remains searched through. The Caledonian Record reports Melanie Nash's lawyer, William Albrecht, filed a motion last month arguing statements made after her arrest and before she was advised of her Miranda rights should be excluded because they violate her right after, uh, against self-incrimination. Cool. Oh, really? Yeah, which means she definitely said some shit that would get her locked up. Right. Coos County Attorney John McCormick said Nash showed her free will in coming to police and waiving her Miranda rights. Police believe the casket was pulled out after Melanie Nash commented about her father being buried with the real will. A police, <laughs> so she must not oh. got shit. Right. You know, his real will is probably buried with him. That, that, Y'all that's the lied. One where, that's the one where I got the house. Right, and I got everything. A police affidavit says she didn't find a will, only a pack of cigarettes in her father's hand. Say, bury me with my menthols. Right, and a, and a lighter. Nash told police, oh, you don't need a lighter. He was going directly to hell. <laughs> I Flame. just need some smokes. Mm-hmm. Flames everywhere. Nash told police she did not receive anything while her father died and had been thinking of digging up the grave for years to prove her sister, Susan Nash, hid the will. Susan Nash has said there was only one will when her father's estate plan was done in 1995 and everyone involved knew about it. In her June 11th written statement to police, Melanie Nash wrote that she met up with others to go to the cemetery and go dig up her father's grave. Four people have been indicted in the case. How good of friends can you possibly be? Because if you call me about some digging up somebody's grave, you're on your own. Uh, shit, I'm going to call the police and tell them to meet your ass out there. Right. I don't even fuck who you are. Hey, man, yep. help me dig up my dad. No, nigga. What's wrong with you? Yep. One, that sounds like a crime. Right. Two, I know I ain't in the real will. I ain't getting the damn dime. She wrote all this was 
uh, in June 11th, written statement, she made a written statement to police. Melanie Nash wrote that she met up with others to go to the cemetery to go dig up her father's grave. Okay. So yeah, she wrote, all this was done for the right reasons. I know my father was, would be okay with it. She ended her statement with, what we all did was to dig up my father's coffin, Eddie Nash, looking for documents. We did it with respect. Nash, who died of a heart attack at 68, started an equipment business in 1979, still run by his family. He's since been reburied. What, what does she mean with respect? I don't know. Did she, I didn't take his clothes off. I mean, what's with respect? Yeah. Digging up your daddy? Like, what'd you say please first? Yeah, apparently so. Do a prayer? You know? Mm-hmm. Everybody pray we're gonna dig up dad. <laughs> Speaking of not respecting your daddy, Anchorage, Alaska. Oh. A six, the 16 year old foster son of longtime Anchorage radio host, uh, has been charged with his murder. Peter John Henry has been charged as an adult in the shooting death of Marvell Johnson, 64. Johnson's body was found in his bedroom, the Alaska Dispatch News reported. Johnson was nearly 40 year for nearly 40 years was the host of Soul to Soul, a music show on public radio in Alaska. Right. What did that sound like? Was yeah. it in French? Whoa, what kind of soul they listen to up in, um, uh, you know, kind of, kind of stuff that they listen to up there or did, or maybe it was a national station. But it just happened to be he was in Alaska. Oh, okay. So Alaska DJs remember Marvell Johnson. Let's see if we can play this tribute to him. More than 35 years on Anchorage's KSA 91.1 belonged to Marvell Johnson, the longtime radio disc jockey and foster parent hosted Flight Soul to Soul, a funk soul, hip-hop, and R&B music show with devoted following of listeners. Especially among inmates at Anchorage Jail. Oh. <laughs> who frequently communicated with loved ones on the to... outside through song requests and dedications. Oh, I might have to repress it. No, no, uh, no. It'll play if I want to. I, I haven't hit play yet. Oh. Hey, but you, they, 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 they were like, we're going to open up the lines. Uh, uh, but I do. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll accept the collect call. Yeah, yeah. This is Tyrone. This is for my, my baby boo, honey, out there. Don't be out there fucking my friends. I love you, girl. This reminds me so much of in Charlotte. We used to have the nighttime hip hop on Power 98. Mm-hmm. It, w- it wouldn't come on till like after midnight sometimes. Right, really late. It was Easy Eddie Owens or something like that. DJ yep. Easy or whatever. And they would have people call in and they would be like straight up inmates. Mm-hmm. You could tell. And the inmates just wanted somebody to talk to. Anybody to talk to. And it didn't even matter what the song was about. They Mm-mm. would call up. And it was so funny because you could tell they had been like, there was like two or three types of inmates. But the most, the number one was the inmate who was super duper into black power shit because he was locked up and been reading. Right. You know. Got, ed- got educated. Yeah. They would call up there and be like, yeah, young brother, uh, you know, this is, uh, Larry from, uh, he's like, where you calling from, Larry? Uh, state pen, you know, just calling in, to, you know, uh, I just like what you're doing up there, young brother. You know, you sound like you got a good head on your shoulders. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, man, we got a song you want us to play? Yeah, yeah, before I get to that though, man, I just want to say that, you know, the mass incarceration system that they got us underneath, you know, ah. the hill of the, of the systematic oppression that the yes. white man is dealing. Uh, okay, brother, you know, we're going to need to wrap it up so we can get to this next song, but, uh, you got a request that you want us to play? 
Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, before we even get to that, I just want to say, you know, um, as much like Chuck D said and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, Shalom Alaikum. Uh, and I was like, damn, man, these brothers are serious. And then every once in a while, they had a freestyle contest and the people would call up and freestyle and the jail freestyle people was good and shit. Yeah. Cause they, they ain't been doing nothing but practicing. Right. They be freestyling like Jesse Jackson with them big words and shit. You know? <laughs> right. You going, what does that even mean? Right. Put a dictionary out. The consternation of the incarceration of the situation that we're facing. You're like, all right, brother, calm down. Calm down. down. Yes, don't not... start a riot on the phone line. What's funny though is me and my little brother Rodney. We would I would have a little radio in the in the in the at night. I would play it at you know because my parents would send us to bed. Sometimes I turn the radio on and we just like listen to like Love Line or you know because we loved hip hop and down south. This is one of the only ways to get that hip hop that spanned the globe, you know. Right. This, it had to be that late night shit. You wouldn't hear it during the regular hours. Right. Especially super lyrical hip hop is what I'm kinda of was into at the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, I got put on the Souls of Mischief, Razcast, Savannah from the Pakistans, uh Far Side, um, so many groups that just weren't down south because he turned on the radio during the middle of the day and it was Luke, two hype brothers and a dog, Biggie, right. Tupac, you know, the typical shit. Yes. But if I wanted to hear like Common Soul by the Pound remix, that was the first time I ever heard that. I remember like damn near running around my room in the middle of the night trying not to wake my parents because I was just like, I've never heard anything that's lyrical before. Well, um, so we were listening to Eddie Owens and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh we were listening to the inmates calling and I was always like, how are these niggas calling at like one in the morning? Right. Like, what is the rules in jail? Don't you got to be in your cell or something? Oh, no. You know? How, how they how they making their collect calls overnight? Right. But they would call in. They would always try to drop some wisdom on them, drop some jewels. And then, you know, and then eventually Eddie would be like, so what you in for? How long? You know, whatever. Oh, and they'd be like, well, you know, um, I mean, right now I'm facing, uh, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm incarcerated under the uh in, injustice system of america but uh you know i'm currently doing uh you know doing 15 years for armed robbery but uh you know <laughs> I, I reformed everything and uh that was a you know a hypocritical system era that uh is designed to oppress the black man and that's all that is brother <laughs> i was just like man this shit me and my brother have tears coming out of our eyes especially when the convict dudes start rapping Oh man, I gotta actually talk to Rodney about this next time I see him because I, I mean, literally tears streaming down our face, trying not to laugh out loud because the freestyles would be so bad, but they'd be so good, good too. And every single one was about the same shit, you know. It's the lesson, systematic oppression, fighting the power. You know, <laughs> we supposed to be progressing, but the system is regressing. Like <laughs> they try to lock me in here because I got aggression. But is that the lesson that I'm manifesting? Like, all right, all right, all right. And then Eddie, Eddie Owens would be like so tuned out. He wouldn't give a fuck. And then like, you could tell that by the end, he just like, all right, brother, you know what? Well, thank you for the call, man. We really appreciate you dropping that word. You know, it's really important mm-hmm. that the kids out there, can, you know, if you had one thing to say to the kids out there, what would you say? Look, man, just stay in school. Don't, don't do drugs. You know, don't be like me. Don't rob people. Ah! You gotta, you gotta be better than this. Don't be like me. Don't be shooting people. Yeah, everybody. Arrest you. Everybody know better when they in jail. But right. um, 
Yeah, I wonder if that's the kind of calls DJ Marvell Johnson was getting, man. I wonder if he was getting them, you Doing know. Type of calls. Yeah. Oh, I see you cutting it up tonight, man. Uh, oh, what's he, your name, brother? Where you calling oh, no, from? He was in Canada. You know, he's getting them A calls. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what inmates in, in Canada sound like. They're probably real nice. Probably don't right. Even, probably don't even freestyle. No. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, they did a tribute to him. Let me see what this sounds like. All right, 91.1 KSKA, Reggie Ward and DJ Rico sitting in. This past week, we lost the founder of the Alaskan Soul Connection, the uh, guy that has basically mentored myself and so many others. Uh, Marv and I, we live in the same neighborhood, uh, you know, just a street apart. And uh, on my way to work, uh, it's probably, you know, 7 in the morning, and, you know, I'm seeing all these cop cars and not really knowing why they're there. It's just been a really rough week for me. I mean, I just remember the first time that I met him, Rick. I think he saw something, you know, special in me, and 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 uh, he was always so so giving and so understanding. I thought he was gonna play some music, man. Oh, I was about to say you might have to Google that. Not well. Here's the thing I was thinking about too is um, like if Marvell Johnson dies in Alaska, that probably like legit cuts down the African American population in Alaska by like five percent. Right. Cause it just ain't a lot of niggas up there. Mm-mm. It's like him, the woman that sell weed, the replacement DJ. Shirley. Shirley and Clove are in Canada. This is Alaska, Karen. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know how we got on Canada earlier. I'll, <laughs> I'll just let you cook. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, ah! <laughs> no problem. Shit is both, both up north. Mm-hmm. And gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so his foster son killed him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, the boy was angered that Johnson had grounded him for using spice, which is a, a synthetic drug that he had taken, uh, the charger to his vapor cigarette. Uh, so, you know, he took that and was like, no more smoking spice. And so he shot Johnson and staged a robbery scene by taking cash and leaving an empty wallet in front of the home. Uh, Henry threatened to kill another youth if he didn't help destroy evidence, police said. Shit. I know, right? Shit, and then try and to help somebody out, and they end up fucking killing you, right? And he better got his ass in condom. I was like, nigga, why you getting high off oregano? What, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I'm about some spice, smoking spices and shit. Um, all right, let's talk about this lady, a woman, ninety years old, who got the last word after locking a police officer in her basement. Oh, and later suing the goddamn police. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right, Karen. Venus Green. Guess the race. She was 87. Meet Venus Green, 90 years old, a retired educator, and as of today, a little better off, courtesy of the city's decision to settle the lawsuit she had filed against city police. In July 2009, Venus's grandson, Tally, was shot and wounded. He says it happened at a convenience store. Police insisted it happened inside Venus's house. 
And Vina says that the shooter was one of the two of them. The police kept questioning him. They won't let the ambulance attendant treat him. So I got up. I said, sir, would you please let the attendants treat him? I said, he's in pain. Oh, you did it. And this Come on, let's go inside. I'll prove where that blood is. You did it. Police wanted to go to the basement where Tally lived. Venus said no, not without a warrant. So they want to go down. I said, no, you don't have a warrant. You don't go down in my house like that. He wasn't shot in here. I'm going to find that gun. I'm going to prove that you did it. A struggle ensued between a male officer and Venus, at the time aged 87. He dragged me on there, threw me across the chair, put handcuffs on me, and just started calling me b name. Mm-hmm. Black like that, too. And um, it's ridiculed me. An officer went to the basement. Venus responded. Then she locked the door, the basement door. So she ah! she basically took matters into her own hands. Whether I latch it or not, but this is my private home. And if I latch it, that was my prerogative. Because he had no search warrant to go in my basement, so I had a right to latch it. Venus suffered a separated shoulder in the scuffle and Ooh. sued the department for assault and violations of her rights. The city chose to settle the case and not take a chance in front of a jury. We thought we would have a difficult time in front of a city jury. Of course. For any jury. No doubt. I was once a block watcher, department head of a high school, um, been around in education for over 50 years. Abiding citizen, has never been arrested, paid my taxes, owned my home. Husband died 34 years ago, raised my son, and I've been brutally abused. I feel like the police department need to go back to school. In the past two fiscal years, the city has paid out $16.8 million in claims against the police department. City Council President Jack Young voted against this settlement and others, saying, quote, he's tired of the police department bleeding money. I'm Jane Miller, WBAL TV 11 News. And see, bullshit like that pissed me off because you're paying this money because you know you got down wrong and you know if you take this to court, they're probably, you're probably going to have to pay more than what you're settling for. Yeah, um, not just that. We're tired of y'all coming to our neighborhoods and harassing us and being wrong and doing shit like trying to beat up grandmama and shit. Right, talking about you don't want to pay, but y'all motherfucking wrong. You, you... He went in her house without a warrant, right? which is what he should not have done. Anyway, she was like, oh, you want to come in here without my permission? i lock your ass down there. Then said that she was the one who shot her own son, you know? Like, which, they, which they probably could not prove because if they could have proved it, they would have arrested her and had her ass in court and had her up on trial. Yeah, he got shot down the street and tried to make it home and then called the police. You know, so yeah, she locked his ass in that basement after he fucking separated her shoulder like some type of fucking ruffian. Right. Good. I'm glad she got her money, and I, I agree with her. It's not enough. No, it's not. Um. Anyway, uh, let's play our games, Karen. Um, a hundred. That one was a hundred. Oh yeah, go ahead and play the music. That's a hundred. Uh, <laughs> all right, hold on. Let me play the music. <laughs> We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time to play the game that you didn't even know you just played. Right. It's fucking with black people. We rate things from zero to a hundred at intervals of twenty-five on how much we feel fucked with after reading or listening to different articles. 
today's contestants, the police, and a bunch of other people. All right. I heard you for that one. See if we can find another one. <clears throat> Let me get a one through 20. We gonna rock with 17. All right. Two, four, seven, 10, 12, 15, 17. A uh, security guard ignores fight instigator. And maces a black dude instead. <laughs> At a rally against Israel's bombing of Gaza over the weekend in Seattle, a shirtless man allegedly harassed protesters, yelled, pick fights, and used words like towelhead. When the security guard was called to the scene, however, he ignored this instigator, macing and detaining a black bystander instead. <gasps> Raymond Wilford, 25, told The Stranger, he came to Seattle's Westlake Mall to meet some friends and attempted to avoid the shirtless man in his way on his way in. Uh, and he heard him say a bunch of racial stuff. According to the police report, the man then started a fight with Wilford, which witnesses say didn't come to blows. A photo set by Alex Garland, a freelance photographer, documents the incident in part. The shirtless guy, whose name isn't known, is seen looking angry, getting in the faces of several protesters, assuming what looks like to be a ready-to-fight stance, legs apart, fist up. It's clear that the man and Wilford got into an altercation sometime when the guard steps in. He seems to ignore the shirtless man in flavor in favor of blasting Wilford with mace. Uh, video also from Garland shows the guard detaining Wilford as several protest- protesters shot at him. You got the wrong person. They do have a video on here. So. <laughs> Man, they are now. This woman went up. This white lady. She dates. She angry. God bless. Well, I mean the white people. She went up and grabbed the brother's backpack to pull him away from security. Like he didn't. Y'all got the wrong one. Right. Leave him alone. Right. The, don't, the don't, boldness. Don't you see that shirtless man? He ain't it. Right. That the boldness of this woman to try to rectify she was like, this situation. I am white and I am right, man, and you are wrong, officer. And he and the brother can't see because he's been maced. Oh. So like he doesn't know who's grabbing him and who's not. He's just trying to like work. You know, work your way through the situation. Right, be able to see again. And the guy, the the security guy's got his arm and is guiding him through the crowd. Man, I I love Seattle. Now I want to go live here. I mean, other than getting my phone stolen and texting my mom, I'm gay. Sound like a pretty nice place. These white people care. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. You can't see the wall. What wall? Help me with my eyes. 
These people have followed the security people a good 50 feet. Right. Like, and this is not all in one spot. He was walking the black dude the whole time. Then These motherfuckers followed him up like, no, you did it wrong. <laughs> What'd say? They going up and down stairs with this dude. They mm-hmm. was like, nope. And then he don't put your hands on the wall. I'm like, shit, he can't see. Yeah, he can't see the fucking wall. He needs water in his eyes to right. see. Right. <laughs> now that's the police rolling up on there saying let the security man do his job obviously not knowing what the fuck's going right. on right and it's about a good five or six people going this is not the dude <laughs> yeah these fucking dweebs with these badges and they get a little, little bit of power and they could eat just as easily go now why the fuck would 30 white people be telling me i'm doing the wrong come thing? on now why would all these people think this pull that it's private property bullshit it's a fucking mall they got yeah. the right they literally got the right to go in there if they want to they really fuck with the wrong people too because mm. they were already there to protest some other shit right they was like ooh, some injustice let's do this now right let's do this for 15 minutes and on top of that they got video and shit oh yeah they they're gonna get a lot of angry worded letters they it wouldn't surprise me if if some of these people go they were offended that you arrested the wrong brother and you gonna see they lawyers yeah, now I yeah. wonder what happens after this. I, that's a good question. You know, like what what happens? Does the security guard get fired? Does the mall pay up? Do they get sued? I mean, the dude was reportedly not doing anything wrong. They already got they got a picture with the security guard's badge and name on it. Uh, let me put this in the chat. They they oh, will yeah. find your ass out, boy. Them them them, them uh, white folks was highly upset. Mm-hmm. They already got all the information on this nigga. Um, but yeah, now that I guess they're going to start an investigation. But like, how long does that take? When do you find out, you know, what's going right. on? Meanwhile, the guy who was starting the shit was a fucking 
shirtless white dude out here calling people racial slurs didn't get arrested at all didn't nothing happen to him calling him towelhead and sand nigger picking fights with protesters towelhead towelhead is a like a it's a racial slur for people that are from middle east that wear turbans oh okay you know so you know just this this terrible shit but hey it was a black guy so fuck what my job is let's arrest this dude um so yeah who's gonna who's gonna do anything about it what's gonna happen i don't know but they got this happened all the way back in august wow you know and uh it's i just googled the raven wilford um and i don't see anything community discussion about the macing uh when walking while black gets you pepper sprayed police begin inquiry i don't see anything so there you go yeah it probably took a while you know they slow about paying so it took a while before they settled with them but they're they probably gonna have to settle because mm-hmm. too many white folks scared about this incident <laughs> i'm sorry yeah they get the can they're like nope you was wrong yeah um so yeah uh what would you give it karen zero to 100 oh that's 100 for fucking with black people and fucking with the white people there yeah, I gotta give it a hundred too. Didn't was doing anything wrong, man. Just can't even go to the mall and meet friends without somebody, you know, deciding fuck it. Here's one. Uh Blake Lively's fashion inspiration is slave owners, according to Gawker. And this headline by ah! Ali Jones. You think that after twelve years of slave when all those Oscars slaves are over, but you'd be thinking wrong, says actress and lifestyle guru Blake Lively, who dies whose dog pursuit of Joy de Vive associated with slavery and such that she chose to be married on a southern plantation. Oh, so slaves are back in style? Um well, people got mad at her for getting married on the Southern Plantation um last year. Um Oh, that's not the, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what she chooses. Or two years ago, actually. Do. Yeah. It's, it's not like she went out there and was like, we're the slaves. She yeah. just chose to get married on the large piece of land. The two were wear the top of a pile of slave bones at America's most photographed plantation, Boone Hall. Just outside of Charleston, South Carolina, the f- notebook was filmed there. A pile of slave bones. That's what they say. Who knows that? Um, that's editorializing. Right. I'm going, yeah um her bridesmaids wore shoes custom designed by blake's longtime friend christian christian louboutin uh florence welcher florence and the machine florence and the machine drop provided music uh so did bet midler um yeah anyway this sounds kind of like that shitting on her they don't like her apparently on gawker but um yeah so according to the lively style fashion spread and her lifestyle website preserve the hottest lifestyle for fall is the lifestyle of owning human beings without government interference like i said a lot of editorializing right the spread titled of the allure of antebellum which uh and i'll put it in the chat room um you know it looks like a lot of like one is still fashion, so it's not actually the Southern Plantation slave owner looking shit. Right. Like it looks like to me, it just looks like a model that just happens to be standing on a porch, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And meanwhile, Charleston is an extremely beautiful city. Yes, so it is. I, I so, love that and place. A, and a lot of their stuff is designed to be very open and things like that. And it doesn't even really look that southern. It's still mm-hmm. like a lot of legs showing, mm-hmm. high heels, you know, uh, short skirts. It's, it's not, to me, it's just like a model taking pictures outside on the Charleston porch, honestly. If we're going to be 100% about it. Right. Um, and I don't see, I'm, I'm looking for the thing to be offended about. I really am. Um, I'm not offended by this either. It's okay that she even chose to, to uh, get married on a plantation. It's not like she went out there and walked up and down about that wedding niggas. It's she, not like the black model. She does have a black model on here. It's not like the black models dressed in slave clothes or some shit. Right. Um, so anyway, um, uh, I looked at the images, uh, and I, I'm not upset. I'm black. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you, uh, it says it features a blonde, lively lookalike sporting a series of wide brim hats, leopard skirts, and stilettos. What do you think when you view these images? You think of those final beautiful hours of the American South before the Yankee aggressors marched into town, trampling countless elegant rose gardens and tracking mud into everyone else's porticos? No, I just think it's a white lady on the porch. Yeah, um, and then she like took the description on the website, the person who wrote this article, and then added a bunch of fucked up like shit to try to make it racist like georgia peaches and sweet tea and then parentheses is what she added owning humans because being is its property uh so that's that's not in there yeah yeah with this article with an agenda yeah and the enticement of the smooth twang we all have a love a bit of southern charm these regional man stains evoked an unparalleled level of sociopathy is what she put in parentheses Warmth and authenticity and style of tradition. The term Southern Belle comes to fruition, came to fruition during the antebellum period prior to the Civil War in which Southern states, which is what she put in, which Southern states sought to protect their long tradition of forced labor. Acknowledging women with an inherent social distinction, uh, and then she put being white, who set the standards for style and appearance. These women epitomize Southern, then she put slave ownership and hospitality with the cultivate. You know what, man? No. Mm-hmm. Zero. Uh, zero for me, too. You're too pressed, man. Like, it's too much real racism to do mm-hmm. the fake. Let's take apart Blake Lively for being an attractive white woman that it's, nobody gives a fuck honey, about. It's too many real issues. I do not care about a white woman who decides to get married on the plantation. Right. I don't care about her standing outside a beautiful Charleston taking pictures on a porch with her stilettos and yeah. her... Her brim hat, like, that, that shit don't offend me at all. You get a flat zero. Yeah. Just, just trying too hard, man. Um, and God forbid this is, uh, another, uh, hopefully, um, Lenore won't hit me up on Twitter in a couple of months and let me know that I'm wrong, but <laughs> the woman who wrote this is Allie Jones. So maybe she's another one of those, like, white people that's trying to be on the, the good side and be an advocate and have everybody's friends or whatever but mm-hmm. it's it's real issues baby and this ain't a real issue to me not just that but she's just wrong true you know what i mean like you could you just need to find some actual racism before this this looks like you just don't like blake lively is how it looks right you know but uh anyway ali jones thanks for trying you get a zero um <laughs> let's finish up with guest the race now that is time for some guest the race that's right it's guest the race time 
Now that it's time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show going across all the podcast land where we read and play news articles from all over the globe. We ask our contestants today, the chat room, to guess the race. And the chat room is racist. <clears throat> all right, let's do this one. A nurse is accused of killing 38 patients that she found annoying. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Talk about a bad day at work. Just hit that button if you need anything. Like me to kill you. Ah, like me to ignore it. Cops arrested a nurse in Northeast Italy in connection to the deaths of as many as thirty-eight patients, who she might have killed because she found them or their relatives annoying. Police oh, have. Damn. Mm-hmm. Police had a cell phone of Daniela Pagiali. Wait. Pagiali, there you go, 42, which included a photo she snapped a few months ago of her giving a thumbs up next to a patient who died moments earlier. <gasps> really? You taking selfies with the corpses, dog? Bitch is dead. Ding. <laughs> Fuck that hoe. Ah. Talking about, I, I need to change her bedpan. I didn't like her no way. Change I'm your tired bedpan. Of wiping this shitty ass. Change your bedpan to hell, bitch. I can assure you in that my all daughter my daughter coming here with that nasty ass attitude. Fuck you, bitch. Mm-hmm. Asking me to drink some water. I can assure you that in all in that all my professional years of seeing shocking photos, there were a few such as these. Said prosecutor Alessandro Mancini. Pogiali, who lives in the town of Lugo, was taken into custody over the weekend and booked for the alleged slaying of 78-year-old patient Rosa Calderoni. Oh, I think I had some of those the other day. Oh, they were delicious. Mm-hmm. Who died from an instra- injection of potassium. What? You can die from that? Vitamin K? Right. Gotta slow down to these bananas. Calderoni had been admitted to the hospital with a routine illness before she died unexpectedly. Tests show she died with a high amount of potassium that was uh, that can provoke cardiac arrest. In her bloodstream, uh, is where they found it, her death triggered an investigation and they found that 38 others had died mysteriously when Pagiali was on duty. One of Pagiali's fellow nurses described her as a cold person but always eager to work. Another one of Pagiali's colleagues said she accused the nurse once, uh, once was, the accused nurse was once reported for giving powerful laxatives to patients at the end of her shift to make work tougher for nurses working after her. Damn! Oh, she's an ass. Yeah. You know what? I don't like this bitch coming in second shift. Um, let's, let's, let's give her something to do. What's this for? Don't worry about it. It's just, it's good. It's medicine. Don't worry about it. Oh, you be like, uh, why is every, they be like, what the, the hell did y'all give everybody to eat? Because everybody got the runs tonight. Everybody on my shift got the runs. Mm-hmm. Hello, nurse. Right. Uh, did you ask everybody to guess the race? Oh, yep, guess the race. I'm sorry, y'all. Okay, well, guess the race in the chat room, guys. I'll just try to do it without Karen's uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. help here, apparently. Whiter than the dead body she was stacking up in the hospital's linen closet. She was clearly an assassin for the Colleone family, one who bleeds spaghetti sauce and mozzarella cheese. That's a platinum level of spite. No, that's not a race. 
uh mob wife white she's spent she sent them swimming with the fishes yeah. whiter than the cocaine on dollar bill provolone oh. white she was told told by apple care she was told by apple care white serial killer white well after tyrell oaks my racism confidence is down but i'm a guest white the correct answer yes, is, is white, white. And I think I have a picture of her um, <laughs> at the beach chilling. Chilling hard, too. Because why not? You know what I mean? YOLO. Unless you uh, roll up in her department, then, you know, you only live as long as she's not annoyed. Right. Uh, there's her picture at the beach. Chilling. Like, look at me. Yeah, killing there, yeah you might have might have wanted to go into another field, boo-boo. I'm on this beach killing these motherfuckers, just like I do at work. Literally killing them. Hashtag killing it. <laughs> hashtag killing them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Has, hashtag I'm killing these fools. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check out my Instagram. I'm an Insta whore. Yes. Uh, a Lincoln County man was stabbed 23 times in a dispute over a missing pig. Woo. Ooh, we. Some pig. Um, Ooh, where's Wilbert? Wilbur, a a 22-year-old man who has been accused of repeatedly stabbing another man with a screwdriver. Shit. A dispute over a missing pig. A man is stabbed 23 times with a screwdriver over a pig. Fox 2's Angie Mock spoke with the victim and tells us how an argument turned into a vicious attack. Just after 10.30 Monday night, the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office responded to a domestic disturbance call along the 100 block of Eagles Landing Drive in Winfield. Police say the argument stemmed from a missing pig the 38-year-old male victim and his roommates were raising. The owner of the pig, there's actually three owners. They're all roommates. They live in a house in Winfield. Okay. They're the ones that own the pig. They find out that Finky may be involved in the stealing of their pig, so they go and confront Finky. Finky at a residence off that Eagle Landing Drive. Okay. Okay. So they go and confront them. They have a conversation. It then becomes physical. And then Finky then stabs the victim at least 22 times. We tracked down the victim who says he never let the pig go. He told me he was walking down these stairs at a friend's house when he was confronted at the bottom of them and stabbed by Joshua Allen Finky. According to police, they have a different story. He was the one that was suspected of actually taking the pig. Mm-hmm. And so they went to con- confront him and talk to him about it. And it became physical. Um, from my understanding, he was taunting the victim. And then he went and grabbed a screwdriver and then started the jabbing motion into his back and head. Witnesses on the scene said that there was taunting and provoking that caused a flare-up to go from verbal to physical. Witnesses on the scene said then Finky then ran to the back of his truck, got in the back of his truck, grabbed out a tool, which we believe is a screwdriver, and then started stabbing the victim. As for the pig... We don't know where the whereabouts of the pig are. Now, I did talk to the owners. The owners believe that the pig has passed since, just from the information they received, or we, or it can be feral. And Finky has been charged with felony first-degree assault. He's locked up in the Lincoln County Jail. His bond, cash only, is set at $100,000. For, oh, 
I was about to say for a pig, but then I realized he did stab a motherfucker 22 times. <laughs> so that would have totally been inappropriate. Uh, yeah. guess the race, guys, of Mr. What was his name? Finky? Finky? Oh, I thought it was Pinky. Uh, let's see. Black people only start giving a damn about a pig once it's dead, said HC. <laughs> so what race, <laughs> so what race is he though, HC? Kuta Kente African says token geek. Oh. This some white people shit. Pinky pig. Says Miss Christopher. Ernest goes to the farm white. <laughs> old McDonald had a knife. You die, you die. Oh, uh, what race is that? Cletus the slack jaw yokel stab Billy Bob over the love of his life, babe. White, white says HC. Okay, uh, I always assume old McDonald was white. I bet you can squeal like a piggy catcher deliverance. White and white. <laughs> the correct answer is white. white. One person did say black, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'll put this picture in the chat. That's what a dude who stabs people over pigs looks like. I mean, was it a pet pig? Was it for eating? You know, people do take that bacon seriously, though. We all know this. Yes. You can't get your ass stabbed over bacon, but <laughs> Yes, you can. If it's a black person, it'll be over after the pig's dead, like somebody said. Mm-hmm. Um, bonus round. Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. It's the bonus round against the race. Everything's worth double the points, double the racism. Here in the bonus round. Let's see how you guys are doing right now. All right. Let's go. Bonus round. Uh, let's do this one. Uh, the headmaster uh, at a expensive Bay Area private school is now facing criminal charges, drug charges. Uh, after he was busted last week in a Sacramento hotel with a large drug stash and an unconscious woman. Oh. Yeah. That's definitely not what you, not how you The headmaster do of a prestigious Bay Area school gets busted after being caught in a motel room with drugs and an unconscious woman. The scandal shocking a small North Bay community tonight. Good evening, everyone. I'm Larry Beal. Dan and Ama have the night off. 54-year-old Thomas Woody Price of the Branson School in Marin County submitted his resignation following his arrest on felony drug charges. ABC7's Lillian Kim live in Ross now, where the school community and really the rest of Marin is in shock tonight. Lillian? Larry, this isn't just any school. This is the Branson School, a small, exclusive private high school where news of their headmaster spread fast. Deputies say they found Thomas Woody Price in a Sacramento County motel room Friday with large amounts of drugs, including heroin, meth, and cocaine. Deputies say they also found a woman passed out, 21-year-old Brittany Hall of Elk Grove. It was her boyfriend who tipped authorities that Hall and Price were together doing drugs. Everybody's sad that it happened. It's really devastating because we're a tight community, you know, and he was a great leader. Matt is a junior at the Branson School, where Price became headmaster seven years ago. Branson is a small school with only 320 students. Tuition is almost $40,000. In a letter, the chair of the Branson Board of Trustees notified families that Price has since... Did you say something here? 
Price and Hall have been arrested on three felony drug counts, including possession for sale because of the large quantities of the drugs. Hall is still in jail, but Price is now out on bail. Everyone liked the guy. John Constant guy. graduated from Branson three years ago. He says Price's arrest is the talk among alumni as well. I think a lot of people will probably be very concerned about this because, you know, it, it has such a prestigious reputation and, and he's, had a, he's had a good name for himself, you know. And I, I just really hope that it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it gets handled in a smooth manner. Price is scheduled to appear in court November 24th. In Ross, Lillian Kim, ABC 7 News. All right. So guess the race of Thomas Woody Price of Branson School in Marion County. Out there taking your tuition and buying holes and drugs. Apparently so. Taking your $40,000 and snorting it up his nose. I'm mad they found out because of a cock-blocking-ass boyfriend. Right. He's, he's out there with my girlfriend and doing drugs. He's supposed to be teaching the kids not fucking my my girlfriend. Ah, she's an instar. One who would hide in the closet and record his wife having sex with a black man. Oh. Little brothers. White, they got enough bread to get zooted on multiple drugs at the same time. Bay Area school, white, whiter than Dumbledore's beard. Wannabe Jim say white, white, white. <laughs> white people love nicknames like Woody. 20K tuition, white, white, so white. I got lost looking for spices and murdered millions, white. <laughs> uh, math, 40K tuition, someone out on bail, white. This this has Olivia Pope's name all over it, but they whiter than the powder on their, in their noses. Everyone got that when it was white. White. Headmaster, forty years old, trying to bag him a twenty-one year old, huh? Apparently so. Can't tell pop shit, man. Like I'm young. Can't tell pop shit. Um, all right, let's do sore ratchetness and get out of here. All right, guys, you guys know what this is about. Every time I hear this, I expect to, to see somebody fighting over steak. Mm-hmm. Like Tom and Jerry with a... Right, that's what I'm, I'm visioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a sore-wielded man who doesn't want to buy popcorn from Cub Scouts. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't want to buy it either, but Yeah, because, I mean, it is bad and, and terribly overpriced. At least know? he didn't do it over Girl Scout cookies, you know. Yeah, I had a problem with that. You know, that... that tub of 10 ounces of popcorn is $20. Okay, I see you have an attitude about that. A group of cubs out selling popcorn door-to-door in Wisconsin entered a encountered a sore-willing man who, who didn't want to buy popcorn. Owen Reeves, 22, is oh. accused of greeting three children. They still do door-to-door? What parents allow their children to do that? I don't know. Somebody hadn't watched The Catch a Predator. Right. That's why we need Chris Hansen back on the airwaves. Yes, we do. Parents, that's not smart. Um, so yeah, holding the sword above his head, immediately yelling at them. The young 
people were fundraising for their Cub Scout group. Reese later told authorities in Sparta, yes, Sparta, that he always enters the door with a sword to protect himself from religious people. That's one way to get rid of Jehovah's Witnesses. Reese made threatening notions towards the children who, then, who he yelled at them to leave. Reese got within about five feet of the children while still holding the sword above his head and motioning like he was going to swing it at them. The parent yelled at the children to get away and they escaped unhar- unharmed. Yeah, the parent had to yell. When police arrived, Reese once again emerged wielding the sword, according to WKTV, KBT. Authorities ordered him to drop the weapon. He complied immediately. Reese was booked on reckless endangerment and drug-related charges after police searched his home and found various knives and swords, marijuana, and drug paraphernalia. Yeah, he must have been um, using some of that paranoia marijuana because this motherfucker answered the door with a sword. Right. Threatening kids. You, like You want some too? Right. No, I don't want no popcorn. Oh, but I want to cut you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right, man, that's it for today. The sponsor, of course, shout out our productions, the best of Ron and Karen on iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm. We'll be back tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. with Justin to discuss day walking mm-hmm. for the first time ever on the show. That should be fun. Yes, sir. Uh, so until tomorrow, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah.